Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the 10th and Broad Church of Christ podcast. Today's message is presented by Ken Holsberry, the preaching minister at the 10th and Broad Church. Let's tune in now for Ken's message. It's good to sing songs of victory. It's good to be reminded of who Jesus is, what he has done, what he is doing, what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life. And I'm so thankful for what God is teaching me and teaching us about the Holy Spirit specifically as we go through Romans chapter 8. And we do sing about victory. And we believe and we trust and we hope for the victory that is going to be ours in Jesus Christ when the trumpet sounds and when he returns. And in the meantime, in the meantime, have you ever had those moments where you just go to your knees and you don't have words? When you go to your needs and the words are gone. A dear brother came to me a few years ago. And he had really been dealing with some significant physical problems in his life for quite a while. And he was in tears. And I remember his words. He looked at me with tears flowing from his eyes. And just from the depths of his heart, he said, I can't pray. The words will not come. He said, I want to pray. He said, I have not lost my faith, but I cannot pray. What's wrong with me? Is the question that he then asked. What's wrong with me? And my heart went out to him and I remembered the words From God, from Romans chapter 8. Because if you've ever been in the place that that brother was in, when you just do not have the words, when you cannot form the prayer, I want to say to you, don't be afraid. Don't go back to the spirit of fear that is just such a quick place that we go back to. Don't go back to that when you are in this place. Don't... Go to a place where you worry about your relationship with God. Don't go to a place where you say, what is wrong with me? Go back to Romans 8. Go back to the Word of God. Let Him speak this in to you. When you do not know how to pray, God prays for you. Is that, does that sentence blow you away? When you do not know how to pray, when the words will not come, when the thoughts will not form, when you don't know how to pray, the God of the universe prays for you. It's incredible. It's incredible. And, and Paul acknowledges This reality. Because you will face a day when you cannot pray. And Paul calls this one of our weaknesses. He calls this a weakness. So I want to think about that for just a minute. Because a weakness is not a disobedience. Not disobeying when you are weak, necessarily. 
But it is very disheartening and we've all experienced it. So many scenarios that people go through. So many experiences that people go through. That cause us to experience this weakness that Paul addresses. When we just don't know how to pray. When all that we have left is groans. We have a weakness. Part of that weakness is we just really don't know. We don't know. We don't know exactly what is going on. We don't know at all what lies ahead. We, we, we don't know exactly how God is at work. Even though we believe he is at work, we don't know how he is at work. That is part of our weakness. There are just so many things we do not know. And so we don't know how to pray. And Paul says we're weak, but weakness is not a sin. Weakness is not a sin. I don't want you to to think that when you go through these periods in your life. Weakness is not a sin. And also, weakness is not spiritual immaturity. Weakness isn't spiritual immaturity. It's okay that you don't know the will of God. He's God. You're not. It's okay that you don't always know what he is doing and how he is working. You don't know the mind of God. You, you seek it and you pray for it, but we will never fully know it. His, his ways are so far above and beyond our ways. And so it doesn't mean that we're spiritually immature if we don't know, if we don't know how to pray. Would anyone call Paul a spiritually immature Christian? No, we would not. But, but Paul shared in this weakness. He did not always know the will of God. Over in the letter to the church in, in the Philippians letter, he said that he was torn about something. He said he, he wanted more than anything to depart this life and to go and be with the Lord. But he knew that it was better that he remain and, and continue to do the work of the Lord. And, and, and Paul said, I don't know what to choose. I don't know what to do. I'm torn. I don't know what I should pray for. So Paul shared in this weakness. And he was not sinning at that moment. He was not spiritually immature at that moment. So, so don't add to your groaning condemnation. Don't, don't condemn yourself. Because you're in a place where all you know how to do is groan. When you don't know how to pray. Because the Holy Spirit will come along beside you. And he will help you in your time of weakness. See, God isn't disappointed in you when you're weak in this way. God helps you when you're weak in this way. And some of you really need to hear that. jump to that conclusion that God's disappointed in us when he really, really wants to do is help us because the Holy Spirit is not a force it's not like Star Wars the Holy Spirit is a person he is God 
and he loves you. And his whole purpose in being sent is to help you. And, and that particular word, that word that Paul uses here, that the Holy Spirit uses here, help. That particular word is only used one other time in the New Testament. And it's when Martha was so frustrated that she finally told Jesus to just tell Mary to come and help her. Do you hear the frustration in that word? That's the word that is used. It, it, it carries this really strong connotation of coming along beside of helping and isn't it really nice when someone comes along beside you when you are carrying something that is just too heavy and someone comes along beside you and helps and says hey let me carry part of that doesn't that that that's a help isn't it? i mean that really is a a help that's the idea here. Coming along beside. It's when, when you've got a job to do. And you are running out of time. And you're, you're frantically giving it all that you have. And you're not going to make it. And someone comes along beside. And they help you. That, that's the idea. Here of the spirit. Coming along beside and helping you when you are in this place of weakness and groaning and you don't even know what or how to pray. The Holy Spirit sent from God comes along beside and he helps. And boy, we've seen so much of who he is and what he is doing from Romans chapter eight. He sets us free. He leads us toward righteousness. He, he sets our minds on life and peace. He lives inside of us. He, he puts to death the works of our flesh. He adopts us into God's family. He helps us to be able to pray, Abba. Father, he, he testifies that we are God's children. He assures the redemption and the resurrection of our bodies. He groans for us and he intercedes for us according to God's will. That's just so far from Romans chapter 8. All that we see that God's Holy Spirit is doing as he comes along beside us and as he helps us. That's why Jesus called him the helper. And I hope and I pray that you are cultivating a relationship with God's helper. I hope that as you are letting Romans 8 pour into you, that it is opening up the avenues to connect you with God's helper whom he sent just for us. Because there's so much mystery surrounding the Holy Spirit and there always will be and that's okay. That's actually good. He continually reminds us of how 
great and majestic and awesome and powerful and wonderful He is. We will never understand fully the mystery of the Holy Spirit on this side of eternity. And and we go to extremes when we try to understand Him and and deal with Him. And and, and we, we all can imagine all kinds of extremes that we have personally said or done, things that we have seen Christians say or do when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And, and you know what? He is all of that and He is so much more than that. He is, he is so important. He is so essential for every Christian. But it is so difficult for us to grasp. And we have questions about the, the idea of the Trinity. That God the Father and, and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. But one very simple thing that we see in, in Romans 8 that helps us understand the Trinity, the relationship of God, is this. All of us who are in the Son receive the Spirit to help us talk to the Father. Now, I just want that to stay there a minute. That's not the one defining sentence about the Spirit. But that is a defining sentence about, just in Romans 8, this relationship that we see when we see God as Father, Son, and Spirit. When we are in the Son... And let me just say, if there's anyone here who is not sure whether you're in the Son. Jesus Christ came and He lived and He suffered and He died. Because God sent Him to be a sin offering for us, for you. He came for you, to die for you, to take your place and pay your penalty Because of your sin. And then three days in the grave. God raised him through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he is alive. And all of those who will believe in him. Who will believe that he is your savior. And that he is your Lord. That he is the lamb who died for your sins, and He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah, who is the King of the universe. All who will believe in Jesus, will trust in Jesus, will stake your life with Jesus. You can be in Christ. And so once you are in Christ... And you receive the Spirit. One of the beautiful things about baptism is this promise that the Spirit will be poured out on us. So once you are in Christ, you receive the Spirit, helps you talk to your Father. A beautiful relationship that God has shown us. And I also want you to think about this. This just blows me away. The Spirit is here interceding for us while Christ Jesus is at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven interceding for us. Do you see the lengths God has gone to to have a relationship with you and me? He sent Jesus. We talk all the time about that. He sent Jesus to us 
And Jesus experienced life on this earth and he was tempted in every way, yet he was perfectly right and always did the will of God and lived a righteous life. And so he was therefore a, a, a sacrifice that was worthy to pay for sin. We talk about that and I just talked about that a minute ago and that's the gospel of Jesus. But, but Jesus came, but now he has resurrected and he has ascended and he is at the right hand of the Father and he is interceding for us as our high priest because he knows and he understands what it's like to live on this earth. And he speaks to the Father on our behalf. And so that is a beautiful picture of what Jesus is doing, one of the things that Jesus is doing. But God didn't stop there. Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but God's not going to leave you alone. He's going to send his spirit. And His Spirit has come, and His Spirit isn't just out there in the world. His Spirit is inside you and me if we're in Christ. And He has made our heart His home, and He is interceding for us. Do you see the links that God has gone to? He sent Himself. He pours Himself out for us so that He and we can have a relationship as Father and as sons and as daughters. And He's just got it covered every direction that you think you can go. God has got it covered communicating between Himself and you and me. Through His Son and through His Spirit. God loves you so much. There's not anything that He has been unwilling to give for you. And He wants to help you. He doesn't want to condemn you. He came to save you. He's not angry with you or mad at you because you're weak. He wants to help you because you're weak. It's like a young mother. That young mother is holding that little bitty baby. She holds him close, holds her close. Skin to skin. Has known that baby for months inside of her. And there's just a connection between that mama and that child. That us daddies look on and just are amazed at. And as that little baby begins to become more and more a little person and They begin to just babble. They don't even have words, do they? They just kind of babble and do baby talk. And again, as a daddy, I'm always amazed. Paula just knew. She knew what the boys were saying. She knew what they needed by their babbles. See, mamas speak babble. So does the Holy Spirit. He understands you. He understands what you're saying what you're feeling, what you can't even express. He comes along beside and he helps. And I sincerely hope and pray that you will take this vital relationship with God's Holy Spirit very seriously. That you will press in to the Spirit, that you will walk with the Spirit. See, see, trying to live as a Christian without the Holy Spirit is one of the most foolish things you can do in your whole life. It's like 
trying to balance yourself on a two-legged stool. And you can do it for quite a while, but you will be exhausted. And you will finally fall down. Don't try to live this life without the Holy Spirit. Let Him come alongside you and help you. And so I want us to spend a few minutes this morning just inviting the Holy Spirit to be very, very welcome and active and intimate in your life. I want to spend some time to give Him some room to groan for us. But before I do, there's this beautiful word picture for God in this passage. It's in verse 27. I hope it caught your attention. That God, the Father, is the searcher of hearts. I think some versions kind of have that in small letters. That's a function. That's a a role. He is a searcher of hearts. Some versions I looked at it have it in capitals. It's, it's like one of his names. And all through the Old Testament, his name is something that he does. And so I think that fits here. God is the searcher of hearts. He is looking to and fro over the face of humanity. And he is searching for hearts that are seeking him. And he is searching the hearts of those that he knows as his children through Jesus And he's searching to know how he can help you. How he can come along beside you. God is the searcher of hearts. Don't don't be afraid of his gaze. Don't be afraid of his penetrating eyes. He's not searching to condemn you. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He is searching to help you. Don't go back to that spirit of fear. Don't go back to that condemnation. You have a father. You've been adopted into his family. He's searching to help you. And when he looks into the darkest corners of your soul. He sees Jesus. And he sees his spirit. And he hears groans that you cannot express. So open your hearts this morning. To the searcher of hearts. And let's invite God's Holy Spirit to pray for us and with us. And as we do this, I want to encourage you to take a prayer posture, whatever that looks like for you. That may mean you just open up your palms and you want to invite. It may mean that you want to kneel. Maybe that you want to stand. Whatever it is, I just encourage you in your whole body and your spirit to pray. I'm going to begin with a prayer. We're going to have some time of silence for you to pray. And then very softly and quietly, I'll lead us in a song to close this time. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father... Searcher of our hearts. I just want to begin by thanking you. For searching for me. And searching for us. We were lost. 
And you did not give up on us, but you searched and you found us. And you came running to welcome us. And you've given us a robe and a ring and a feast. And so I just thank you for being the searcher of our hearts in the sense that you were not satisfied. That we remain lost, but you found us and you saved us and you brought us into this beautiful relationship with you as our father. This relationship with Jesus, who is our our lamb and our lion, our savior and our Lord, this relationship with the spirit who is our helper. Father, we admit our weakness this morning. And that we don't always know how to pray. We ask you to come this morning and intercede for us. And that you will know the mind of your spirit. And you will do in us what is right and good with your will. So hear and see See the hearts of your children in this room this morning and those who are online and see our hearts and hear the words of your spirit. Continue to pray as we, as you hear the words of this song. Be with me, Lord. I cannot live without Thee. I dare not try to take one step alone. I cannot bear the loss of life unaided. I need Thy strength. Oh, 
Be there. Let's sing those again. Be with me, Lord. I cannot live without Thee. I dare not try to take one step alone. I cannot